Hi, Destination Wedding Couples, and welcome back to the Breezy Brides podcast. I am really excited to introduce part one of a three-part series with Dawn from Wish to Wander Travel. Dawn has years of experience in the travel industry and is a fellow BAI agent that I've had the pleasure of working with for the last year. Our main goal with doing this series was to provide advice and insight to couples at various points of their planning, but most importantly for advice on choosing their resort and more in-depth information on the resorts themselves. So part one here is all about choosing your resort. We go over eight pretty big factors that you should consider before or during working with your travel agent to really help you narrow down your resort options. This can be a really stressful and overwhelming first step, so we're here to give you a plan of attack to tackle it all. Next, part two goes into detail about all the resorts worth mentioning, what our opinion of them are, their wedding packages, their incentives, and so much more. So if you have no idea where to start on choosing a resort, this will be just as, if not more, beneficial than part one to give you all of the details on resort information. And finally, part three is just some fun extras that we talk about. So we give advice on things like tipping, how to get the most out of your all-inclusive experience, and just share additional additional tips and tricks and fun things to try while you're in destination. I am honestly not sure if there's anything in the podcast world right now that can compare to this series as far as how much it's going to help couples in that first stage of planning. So if you agree after this episode or this series, if you listen to all three, it would really mean a lot to leave a review or share it and tag me to spread the word even more. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Breezy Brides Podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. So just to start off the episode, Thank you for being on the podcast. Do you want to just start by introducing yourself and kind of just a little bit of your background and how you got to be where you are now? Awesome. I'm super excited to to be here with you. (laughs) This is awesome. So I am super passionate about uh, destination weddings, the whole travel um, industry. I started out in high school, actually wanted to be in the travel industry, where then I right after high school, I got a job at U.S. Airways course, I wanted to be a flight attendant, but I ended up being at the airport for a few years until 9-11 hit. And then um, that kind of forced me to get out of the industry. But at that point, like years go by and I had my kids and all that, but like, I felt like the travel industry was like always calling me, like I completely missed it. And I think when travel like is in your blood, you always have it. Like it's hard to like step away from it. Right nothing else compares to it. It's super exciting. And um, it's so such a busy lifestyle. So I love it. Then like the opportunity in 2014 came where I got a job at Mark Travel, also known as FunJets. FunJet, obviously, we both know is the tour operator um, mm-hmm. that we work with on, on a daily basis with all our groups. Um, so I started there and then built my way into in the groups department um, as a manager. And so with my 
like I never would have thought like all of that experience, like working with other travel agents, working solely like behind the scenes, knowing how everything works behind the scenes in a group would help me along the way to um, build my business as of today. Um, so then the, obviously the pandemic, the crisis of 2020 happened and kind of had to like revamp everything. And James Berkeley, Be All Inclusive, contacted me. I met him at FunJet. I knew him for many, many years and built a great relationship with him. And he asked me if I wanted to sell. And I was like, uh, I would suck at that, but... <laughs> I'm going to try it. So my husband kind of convinced me, like, just give it a shot. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least you tried it. And so with a lot of support from my husband and obviously with James, um, huge, huge um, supporter, I, I built a company. Um, it was interesting because I like it, it was weird because everybody was like, why are you building a travel agency when nobody's traveling right now? But it was a great <laughs> opportunity because um, I got to like build like the platform, like my website, like I knew exactly how I wanted it to work. So that way, when people started traveling again, I was essentially ready for it. And um, the huge wave came where everybody like was so sick of being stuck in the house, um, you know, being um, quarantined that they were ready to travel. And, you know, I went from there and it's been ama an amazing journey. So, yeah, that's so exciting. It was interesting that you said people who like to travel just feel like it's like ingrained in them because yes. I feel the exact same way. I started a subscription with, it used to be called, oh, what, Dave's Flights or something. And I think they changed the name to Going where they just basically, you put in like the airports nearby you and then they basically send you an email whenever there's a deal. And I don't even have the money for it right now, but every <laughs> time I get an email, I'm like, ooh, that'd be fun. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would spend my days on my like other jobs when I didn't work in the travel industry, like planning fake vacations for myself all <laughs> <Yeah>. the time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So how did you, how did you come up with the name Wish to Wonder? <laughs> That's a very good question, actually. Um, okay, so when I do travel, like when I obviously so I would travel with my kids, um, and then now in my husband, and no one would ever be able to find me because I would wander all over the place um, and get lost. And I love getting lost, like that. I to me, if I you find like so many things that you wouldn't if you like plan your like your journey. So to me, I just like to wander around. So I wish to wander. That's, oh, it's, that's it's so great. Like, to me one day and I'm like, I, I like, that's, that's who I am. And it's still yeah. like, my kids hate, like they love traveling, but they sometimes are like, where's mom? Where's mom? Well, she's exploring. <laughs> <laughs> she's wandering around. So that's, that's kind of like, it fits me to a T when I travel. I just, if it's a new resort, an older, like a resort that I've already been to, or if it's um, like a little area outside of um, the resort area, I love to just, you know, take it all in and you just never know what you're going to find. Yeah. I love it. So kind of like explained in the intro to how we are going to kind of like break this out into three different parts. And I think talking about the first part is going to provide just like so much insight and knowledge to people listening on how to narrow down the resort for their destination wedding. Because obviously this is like basically the biggest first step that they're taking. And one of the most important ones, um, which can provide a lot of like stress and uncertainty when you're first starting to plan your wedding. So I think it's a good idea to just kind of go into some advice on how to narrow down the scope of choosing your resort. And some of this stuff, I would say, I think 
would be really beneficial to do before talking to a travel agent, but not necessarily required. And we can kind of get into that, but just kind of considering all of these things before or during talking to a travel agent, because they will obviously help with a lot of it as well. So when you are ready to narrow down the scope of choosing your resort, I personally think, and I would be curious to hear if you agree or disagree, that the number one thing you should do first and preferably before you talk to an agent is determine your budget. Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> Which can also, <laughs> yeah, and that it can also be intimidating as well because yeah. not only are the prices that you would see on the website potentially not accurate for what you're actually going to get, but you don't know how much their wedding packages cost, you know, all of their add-ons and everything like that. So what kind of advice could you give for couples who are just trying to figure out what their budget should be? Yeah, that's such a great, great point. And I think like that's the number one thing that we hear is people want a good resort, like a wonderful resort for, but they want their guests to be able to afford to go there. Right. And so what does that exactly look like? And I think when people like we have couples and you're right, sometimes they know prior to it, they're like they've done their research and they're like, oh, yeah, we see that, you know, we can get this resort for this amount of money. And um, and, and sometimes it's a little jaded because they're like, well, the experience that we've had is we've been to like this resort or this resort back 15 years ago. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Prices have changed. So, yeah, that's we it, and I think our biggest thing is to guide that price point. I would say like the hot spot right now is from, and depending on the season of travel, like, you know, your, your prices will go up during the peak seasons. Right. But I would say like 200 to $300 per person per night is your hot spot of, um, what you're looking to spend. Um, now if you are like, if you have guests or yourself that you want more of a luxury experience, then you're going to go higher than that. Or if you want an experience that like we call them like little gems of properties that you know, you're going to get like, you know, great food, great service. It's going to get you like, maybe not like an extremely luxurious experience, but you're still going to have an amazing time. Then you can probably go a little bit lower to that. But with that being said, I think like we, I don't know about you, but we get a lot of couples that come to us and say, we don't want to do Mexico. We want to do Aruba, the Bahamas. We want to do St. Lucia. So those are the couples that I think that haven't actually checked out to see like what the budget is for those. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I do, like if I have a couple that approaches me with that situation, then I'll say like, okay, well, let's go look at see how much it's going to cost you at St. Lucia. And then let's go see what it will cost you to go to Mexico and you can see like right away for an all-inclusive experience like in St. Lucia there may be one or two choices first off and they're going to be a lot more expensive and that's not even including the airfare to get there so that's Mm -hmm. like a big bulk of it so that's kind of why we always have like the the three hot spots and that's Jamaica Punicana or Dominican Republic and and Mexico, because those are a going to provide you with a huge selection of all inclusive um, resorts and then also be able to have, um, you know, that hotspot of resort selection. So, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like some pieces of advice, which you can, again, provide your input as well, because like I said, if they don't have, if they don't like really know what their budget should be, mm-hmm. especially when looking at resorts, what I personally would recommend is just to go to resorts websites that you're interested in and just put in, you know, your dates 
average of what, what you know, when you want to travel by and just kind of see what that nightly rate would be. Now, again, those rates might not be the same as what your travel agent can get you, but it should be like relatively close. It shouldn't be astronomically different. So you'll get, you'll start getting like a ballpark idea of that nightly rate for you and your guests. And then most resorts also do have some, if not all, information about their wedding packages as well. So if you're confused about, you know, how much does the wedding side of things cost? Most of the time you can find that on their website and they have like a tiered system. Some resorts I know do like a more of like an a la carte, you know, where you kind of just pick what you want as you go. But then you can kind of start getting the idea on that as well. And obviously like a bulk of your budget, wedding budget anyway, is going to be, you know, your flights, your accommodations and your wedding package. So I think that's a good kind of start before talking to an agent. But again, you don't have to have like a firm budget by the time you talk to your agent either. Just kind of like a general guideline and they can definitely help steer you in the right direction. Yeah, that's, I 100% agree. I think budget rules everything. Um, and I, I will say, I will add on this. I would probably say it's 50-50 for the couples that know how much they want to spend mm. versus the couples that don't know. I think when, if we ever, if I ever have a couple that doesn't know like how much they want to spend, um, you know, we will start getting into there. Um, but I will pull up like all of the resorts for them and we'll say, okay, let's go look at some of these resorts and, um, see, okay. And I actually start with the highest property. I'm like, okay, this resort is pricing out at like $2,000 per person per night, you know, but look, this is like the, the, it has the bells and whistles. It has everything, but like, let's go look further down and, you know, kind of look to see like, well, what can you get for like a, a property that's like 50% less than that. And it's like, oh, it's not that much of a difference. You know, I mean, you can still get like a really great resort for, um, you know, that middle hotspot budget. So, yeah. And I think next, as far as this also, I think personally, I would like if brides kind of, or couples looked into this before talking to an agent too, is just your vision, your like vision of the decor for your ceremony and your reception and just the general resort. And the reason why I think it's important is because if you have a budget, you could still be within like hundreds of resorts that will meet that budget, right? So then it's like, okay, I, you know, I want to spend this much, but how do I know which resorts are going to give me what I want? Well, just kind of take a look or kind of just like imagine what you want your wedding to look like. And some brides don't really have a preference. Some are really like, I want a really modern looking wedding or like I want like Tulum vibes or something like that. And there's gonna be resorts that like fit that category that will be within your budget and give you everything you need. So I think that also helps a lot as well. Yeah, don't you find like the newest trend is I find it's either they want a really elegant property, like the modern elegance, or they want the Tulum or yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. so like, and I think, I think it's so funny because it, I kind of like funnel the resorts. So I look at it, like, let's say we've, you know, obviously you have the, the big three and once you determine like, okay, I want, let's go Mexico and you pull up in, um, Funjet, like, you know, 150 resorts, literally 150 resorts pull up. Okay. That's a lot. So I think like what I do is I say, you know, I I asked the big question after we've, you know, we determine the budget or at least an idea of the budget is do you, are you inviting kids to your wedding that like cuts off? If you have family friendly, that like cuts it in half. So now you're down to 75. 
Well, then you ask that question that you just talked about. Do you want like the Tulum or jungle vibe or do you want more of the elegance, you know, like modern vibe? Again, it cuts it around like 50%. So you're already down to like, you know, 30 resorts. Then now you start like adding those little extra things on there to, to keep funneling it down. So to me, it's kind of like a little bit of a science. Like, you know, you ask those key questions and you can really like isolate you know, by the time I'm done with a conference call, generally like six resorts, that'll be like a potential fit for a couple. Mm -hmm. That'll be like, oh, you know, one of these is going to be it. You probably can, you know, know. Yeah. That was kind of like the next category I was talking about too, is like the, the overall vibe of the, of the resort. So not only like the decor and style, but yeah. really like, do you, are you ready to like, do you want all of your guests partying the whole time? Or do you yeah. want them like adults only very relaxed and quiet vibes or a little bit of both or, you know, anything in between. If you have like very specific must-haves, like I want a resort that I can get an oceanfront property and open my door and I'm like on the beach, you know, like there's very <laughs> different obviously variables that going on so just kind of you know my advice to brides as well when talking to them is just to kind of envision the vibe that you want for you and all of your guests and that can help narrow it down as well because there are brands that cater to all sorts of needs when it comes to their guests experience of course yeah i mean you got like hard rock um, and breathless that are for the people that are going to party like the whole time, you know, like the 25 to 30 year old range. Well, sometimes I have couples that ask like, um, well, I got to have a night, like a lot of nightlife for my parents. Like we'll be going to bed, but my parents will be staying up late. So <laughs> it's interesting because like, you know, family dynamics are all, all, all over the place. So yeah. Um, but I think like every like resort, every type of resort will cater to that niche of what you're looking for. And, and you did hit such great points with, you know, like there's the nightlife, um, the night entertainment, like how a big question is, is how late can I have my reception at the resort? Mm. And don't you find like a lot of resorts are shutting it down like at 11 o'clock, you know, like yes. and then 11 o'clock. Yes. With that, like that's totally okay. But if you don't have a place to go afterwards can be a huge issue. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that definitely is something to think about. And I'm finding like more and more um, resorts, like I'm, I'm, you know, that's been a hot question lately. So I'm definitely digging into that a lot more. And most places will have like the sports lounge that you can go to mm -hmm. after. And, you know, if you have like a big group of people that are going, you can make almost anything a party, right? Like it, it's amazing what like it's to people make the party for sure. Yeah. As long as they're still serving liquor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you'll be good. Yeah. So, and I think like another thing is, is, but, or do you want like, you know, if you're talking like that's an adult only experience, um, you know, or with the night life going on but if you want like something switching gears with the families like are you wanting like just where the kids you know you have a couple of kids that can go to the rooms you you want them to go to the wedding events but you don't want like water slides going on all over mm. the place you don't want like little kids like you know running around then a resort that like is you know i kind of call like it's mainly an adult resort but kids can come and kids will have fun but you won't have like you know water park next to you a splash park pad next to you you won't have them like you know um having a pirate ship like floating around in the pool with for the little kids and stuff like that you know there's there's a lot of resorts that are like have the family like have are able to have the children come but again they're not like swamped 
Or if you're having like a lot of kids come to the to the wedding and you want to like cater it completely to kids, then they have like, you know, the water parks and, you know, like the kids clubs, all that kind of stuff that just really super caters to the to the children. That's another yeah. way we can kind of like narrow it down your choices. Yeah. I think sometimes it's nice to know the ages of the children being invited yeah. as well, because not only do you have like those those like preteen ages where you can just like send them to the water park and they're good. But if yeah. you're dealing with like toddlers and stuff too, sometimes it's important to have, like you said, like those kids clubs and stuff where they can, you know, parents have the availability or the option to, you know, send them there for like an hour or two so they can enjoy dinner or, you know, things like that, you know, just making sure that the resort can accommodate for like, if they need a crib or, you know, a yep. monitor or sound machine, like things like that can be important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they have like, to me, one of the, my favorite resorts that um, really cater to kids, like especially under two years old is the Charisma brands because they mm -hmm. do have, you don't have to pack a thing. They even have like diaper, like the baby wipe warmers, like seriously, they have, oh, wow. I, I know they have everything like the, um, you don't have to worry about packing a crib. And like, do you find like some of the resorts won't guarantee the cribs? At Charisma, they will guarantee the cribs. Yes, that's so, you know what? And that's actually really good to know for my personal family. <laughs> because I've been thinking about that since we have a three and a half and one and a half year old. It's like, okay, when's going to be a good time to send them, like to bring them to an all-inclusive with us? And not yeah. only that, which ones are going to like really cater to us and our needs too. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them are like, some of them will suit, like guarantee everything. You don't have to bring anything. You don't have to bring a stroller. You don't have to bring the high chairs, anything like that. But some of them are like, yeah, you can request the crib. We don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to be in your room. And I'm like, Urgh. like, you know, like, how do you tell a parent? Like, well, you know, you don't know, like, obviously you're going to bring the crib to make sure <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, what a waste, but yeah, so it, it is, there's some that definitely will cater to that situation more than others. Yeah. So I think we kind of like briefly touched on it before, but the next uh, factor I think in determining your resort is the wedding packages, which again, some websites make it really clear, like what's included, how much uh -huh. it costs and some do not at all. So it's really hard for couples going into it to find that information to really know if it's going to land within your budget. So do you have any advice about, you know, when it comes time for them to compare those packages and stuff, what they should be doing? Yeah, no, it, such again, a great point. And I find like so many couples are like looking like, and they're like, where's the wedding information? Like they want you to like beg them for the wedding packages. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity to contact a travel agent because we have if we don't have the packages, you know, from, you know, a different wedding that we've planned, we know who to contact to get it like a lot quicker than, you know, being somebody else on the outside. Um, so, but when you're, when you're looking at wedding packages, obviously a big question is, is we talked about this, your envision, are you envisioning something that's extremely lavish or you just, some people just want, like, I want a, a vacation where everybody can gather and the wedding's just a side factor to it. Like yeah. there's two, definitely two different experiences that you have. So, um, you know, and, and when you have to look at it, like one of the big ones is, you know, dreams and secrets, which we did kind of talk about that a little bit of, you know, they have a, a, wedding package that includes like everything and anything. And they have a wedding package where it's more the a la carte um, version. And sometimes it's like, if you look at the wedding package that has everything in there, look at it and say, Hey, do would I use that? 
and is it missing this piece so like if you find it like that you're saying to yourself that i probably wouldn't use half of these things on here you probably want to go to the a la carte version of that wedding package the other factor to that is how many guests are you going to have some people if you like generally speaking those bigger wedding packages are like from 50 to 100 guests. If you're gonna have only 30 guests, you may wanna consider the a la carte wedding package because they cater to, to, pack, to um, weddings that are only gonna have 30 guests. And then if you end up with like 35 guests, they have a fee to just add five more, which is gonna be a lot cheaper than already paying, you know, the big wedding, the big package cost already, so. Yeah, that I think that's be like my number one factor is yeah. your guest count. And what does that does that package um, complete your envision, your vision of what you're looking yeah. for? That I think that's a really good point. It's something I talk about all the time, like on previous episodes and all over my website is like paying attention to that guest count in your package, because even if you it's just it can be a really big hidden cost, even if it's the package that you want to go with, because, you know, it can include only on average, what do you say, like 30 to 50 guests most packages yep. include. So if yeah. you're going to have like 70 and the package only includes 30 guests, like you are paying an additional fee for every single person above that 30, which can be a huge factor in your budget. Absolutely, um, yes. But like for Beyond Memorable, for example, with the, the Dreams and Secrets brands, it's at a much higher price point but it includes up to 100 guests or 80 guests. So exactly. you really have to kind of, you know, just do the math and see, like you said, narrow down what exactly it is that you want included in your package, what exactly you need, and yeah. then compare, you know, if the price is worth it or if you can go with like a lower package option. Of course. And one of the biggest questions too to ask, and I'm finding that every Secrets and Dreams is different and any resort is different from each other. Ask them if you can upgrade the wedding package or if you can downgrade the package. Mm. What happens with a lot of couples is they're planning on having 70 guests, but only 30 guests come and they've already like purchased the Beyond Memorable. Is it too late to downgrade? So consider that before you make your decision. Ask that question, like, can I upgrade or can I downgrade? Some let, some will let you downgrade, some will let you upgrade. So um, I think that's a, it's, it's a huge factor in deciding what package is, is the right thing. Um, switching gears on that too, like that's, that's more the secrets and dreams approach, but then you have like resorts like Charisma and the Fives Beach is another one where they recommend the a la carte um, because mm -hmm. if you have a certain amount of rooms that you book, you can get that um, wedding package for free. And then they have the cash for your bash where you like the more rooms that you book, the more cash you get to for your each event. So if you have, if you're already booking like that large wedding package, it doesn't, you don't get that benefit. But if you go a la carte for them, then in you, in you have, you know, like, let's say 25 rooms in your wedding room block that you've had confirmed and paid for, they're going to allow you to a get your, um, it's always and forever wedding package for free, as well as start earning cash for your bash for all of those 25 rooms. So your, your pricing goes down significantly and it's actually a really, a really good, um, value for everything that you get. Yeah. That's a really good point And a big factor that I don't think can really be determined by the couple until they're talking to an agent is the incentives and the comps that yes. they get with yes. resorts. So it is, you know, of course we're biased, like we're always going to recommend using a travel agent, but that is one thing that you really don't 
get if you are booking on your own or yep. don't know the details of. So travel agents are going to know which resorts. If you have a certain budget, but you think, you know, maybe this resort is a little bit too much for my budget, we can say, hey, but they offer really good incentives. So it's going to bring your budget, like you're going to stay within your budget after the fact. And so I think, you know, definitely keep that in mind too. If you're a little bit nervous about, you know, if a, if a resort is looking a little bit too expensive or, or if you just want to go with a resort that you know is going to meet your needs and also give you like cash back at the end. I mean, who doesn't love that? Exactly. You know, which resorts are going to be perfect for you in that way as well. <laughs> I think like, I definitely like, that's my third priority. So I always kind of rate, rank it in, in, um, the, the highest priority, like first, like the resort that you choose, you obviously want to love the resort, right? Like, so that's like, I take when I'm with a, in a consult and I'm first talking to a bride and groom and they're like, I am so overwhelmed. I have nowhere to start. You know, we talked kind of about that funnel method. Um, but I'm like, that's my biggest point is you want to make sure that you love that resort because you could be spending, you know, at very minimum three nights there. And most people are spending on average four to five nights. So you want to absolutely love that resort. Then comes the wedding packages. So if you have like six resorts and you start comparing the wedding packages, then, okay, this wedding package fits me a lot better than these other wedding packages. But yeah, then the third thing is, is the, is those comps. Those comps can, you know, have a huge amount of savings. And we've had like so countless times where people aren't even paying like anything for their room because of those concessions for mm -hmm. the money that they get back. So huge, huge perk. I, yeah. I, I think it's so important. And every resort, resort that you have, every brand that you look at does it completely differently. It so, is. And it's as crazy. a travel agent, we know that. Yeah, it's crazy how much. And some resorts, unfortunately, don't really give any. You know, like yeah. you could. I've had brides come up to me and being like, I, I love this resort. I want to go with it. And then I'm like, all right, but here are their incentives. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it stinks because we try to tell them all the time. We tell like the resorts, like, hey, you know, you got to add a comp plan on. Yeah, we would have you would have had this one if you would have had a comp plan. So, um, yeah, they, they miss out on that stuff. So yeah. we really try to push for those for for our couples is, you know, the, those benefits and perks. They should yeah. because they're bringing like if you think about how much how many rooms that they're bringing to that resort, I think they deserve a, a nice comp package. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> We interrupt this episode to bring you to today's sponsor, LoveStream, the easiest way to live stream your wedding. LoveStream is the only full service wedding live stream company specifically built for weddings. If you're trying to find a way to include guests that won't be able to attend your destination wedding, LoveStream is the perfect way to do so. Not only do they live stream your wedding, but they can also build you a custom website, offer real human support, meet with you virtually to plan details, test equipment during a tech rehearsal, and produce your wedding remotely on your wedding day. They do it all so you don't have to. If you are interested in learning more, head to the link in our show notes to check them out. If you're interested in booking through Lovestream, make sure to use code BREEZY10 for 10% off the package you purchase. And by using my link, I will get a small kickback as well. And thank you to Lovestream for sponsoring. So yeah, one thing, another another thing we had also briefly talked about is determining your location, where you want to get married based on, you know, the accessibility, the budget, the climate. And we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more in part two, um, just specifically what each location is known for and stuff. But you were kind of alluding to it earlier where 
you'll get an excited bride that's like, I want to get married in, you know, St. Lucia or Aruba. I don't want to do Mexico, whatever, which is totally fine. And it can work. But most of the time, it's not like we're purposely trying to steer you away from those locations. It really is just that they don't have a lot of all-inclusive options to offer and they're not super accessible for a lot of your guests, which makes it out of the budget that you expected for them and kind of out of your own budget, which again, if you have a higher budget or if you are just dead set on that location, that's totally fine. But I think it's important to talk about which locations really are the best bang for your buck when it comes to having an all-inclusive destination wedding. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I, we did talk about that. Like we, I do have a lot of couples for whatever reason, the stigma with Mexico, like I don't want to travel to Mexico. Yeah. Everybody goes to Mexico. And I always say, well, there's a reason why everybody goes to Mexico is because if you're living, you know, like on the Midwest then, or like the um, Eastern part of the state or the country, excuse me. Yeah. Going to Cancun is like so easy. And if you're on the West side of the country, then going to like a Cabo or Puerto Vallarta is so easy. And you know, when you're looking at a three night event, like a, a, you will find that a lot of the um, the guests will only be able to go for three nights because of work or whatever. And they don't want to spend all day traveling, you know, mm -hmm. like that's could be one wasted day. It's, it's huge. And on top of that, the all inclusive resorts, I think are way better in Mexico, Jamaica, and Dominican Republic for service, for food, all sorts of different dynamics so that they just, it's just a better, more luxury um, product to, to, to go to. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about like to Aruba, like I'm not saying like Aruba, nothing about destination weddings in Aruba, they, they can be extremely gorgeous, but it's such a little island and you want to like wander around in Aruba, you know, you, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily want to be cooped up in a, like in an all-inclusive resort. You want to be able to explore those. And I think like, that's a another huge factor that's a little bit different with destination weddings that you have your group that are traveling to see you, you want to spend, you know, days with them and at the swim up pool, um, you know, or having a group dinner or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. So just to kind of like recap the most popular areas, I would say, because Mexico is so big, right. And they have yeah. so many different like areas that people are looking at now, but obviously Cancun Riviera Maya is probably still far and away. Number one, the most yeah. popular, but also just keep in mind when you're flying into the Cancun airport, that also includes like Tulum, Playa Mujeres, yeah. like all of those locations are also going to fit that area in general. And then yeah. I think I, I personally have seen more interest lately in like Puerto Vallarta and Cabo. Me too. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think Puerto Vallarta is going to be cheaper than Cabo, but Cabo is a great option. Like you said, for those uh, like West coast groups who are going to have an easier time traveling there and like such a beautiful area. And then I think number two would definitely be Punta Cana, which I think is also kind of like slowly just getting more popular. And I think because they're like still affordable, but yeah. is like different <laughs> from that, like Mexico, like people who are like, I don't want to do Mexico, Puerto yeah. Vallarta, uh, Punta Cana can be like a great option for them. For yes, that group absolutely. Because yeah. I think they have like a, a pretty good mix of adults only and family friendly options as well. And then yeah. I think, and this is also kind of going by like least to most expensive, I would say as well. Then third would be Jamaica, which is going to probably be a little more expensive for most people within this three categories. And I think in general, 
most adults only resorts. There's not a ton of options for family friendly, although there are some good ones. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at not wanting to go to Mexico and know you want an adults only option, like Jamaica's also a really good option, I think as well. Yes, for sure. And if like, if you have to have beautiful water, like th that's what some mm -hmm. people, like Mexico is not necessarily known. There's, I think in the Cancun area, and then you go down to like the Playa Mejeras area, that water is, is so much, it's, it's so beautiful over there. But if someone's like, I want to be able to like, you know, absolutely have to have absolutely, you know, beautiful water. Like I want to be able to swim in the ocean every single day. And so forth, I always go more Dominican Republic and Jamaica. And mm -hmm. Jamaica, even more than Dominican Republic, um, there's that water is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a factor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next, the next factor, I think it's not quite as important as all the others, but it's definitely a factor when thinking about how many people you're going to have in your group total is capacity and privacy when it comes to your wedding day. So call, yeah. if you have a very large group, some of these resorts, either only have like one option to accommodate everybody and if it's going to be on the beach and you don't want a beach ceremony like that is a factor and privacy as well so along yeah. with a beach ceremony or other locations there's some resorts that have ceremony locations like smack dab in the middle of the resort and some oh, couples yeah. do not mind and they welcome it and they're okay with it and some <laughs> couples are like absolutely not <laughs> um, so i think along with looking at wedding packages also if they're available on the resort's website to also take a look at locations as well and kind of explain your importance to your travel agent on just you know really where you're envisioning getting married and making sure that the resort can accommodate for that too oh yes for sure and i think that goes to like like i was saying before some people like don't care like put me on the beach put me like in the middle of smack dab it doesn't matter to me it's like it's all about the vacation the wedding is secondary but then you do have those couples that are like it's all about the location like this is what i'm envisioning i have to have the wedding like in a secret garden location where nobody else can see um, or I have to have it like in the beach or, or excuse me, on the beach, you know, yeah, there is extremely specific. I find like, um, like, I don't know what tools you use, um, obviously besides like the wedding guys that, um, the resort offers, but they have some really great like TikTok videos that'll show you mm -hmm. like actual like 360. Cause you can like, you can only see so much on a photo, right? Like right. what does it really look like, but all the way around, like, you know, what is to the left of you is you can look at like a wedding that's like a ceremony at the beach and you only see like the, the couple that's underneath the little gazebo. That is such a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what is going on to the left and to the right? right. Yeah, all of the people are like sunbathing, you know, in there. So you have no idea what the, what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. and I think like that comes to our experience. Like we, you know, when I'm touring a resort um, and I can like visualize the five specifically because I remember everybody like we're all sitting there on the beach hanging out and they're ready to clear the way for the destination wedding and like there it is it's the it's the wedding like smack dab in the middle but all of the guests are like you know to the left and to the right and some people don't care you know like they really don't care and it's kind of cool because you watch like a couple getting married at the resort and like the bride is coming in and you have like literally a parade of as they're going through and everybody at the resort is cheering them on and it's kind of a cool thing but some people don't necessarily want that some people do want the private intimate event you know with with just their their guests and so forth so and 
also you mentioned about the accommodations, you know, like if you having like the 200 um, guests and you're right there, sometimes they only have, you know, one or two locations at the resort, depending on the size of the property, but you also like vice versa or like kind of opposite of that. If you're only having like 20 people, I also find it that you have to watch for the resort charging you if you don't fit the minimum requirement Mm -hmm. or some resorts will even say like, you know, if you only have 30, you know, we can hold that venue for you, but we may give you the boot if we have another venue that comes along. So just like things that you have to be careful for. Um, so super important watching the minimum slash maximum amount per, per venue. Yeah. What do you find is like the most trendy location, like wedding venue right now? Definitely like a sky view or like overlooking terrace over the water. Um, People are really interested in that, but there's still over, if they don't have something like that, it's still just like, yeah, I want to get married on the beach or I want to get married like under some sort of arch, but I don't really care where it is. You know, like the scenery just makes it, or I, I do hear a lot too of, of people requesting like, not on the beach, but a view of the water. Like, I don't want to be right. walking on the beach in my shoes and dress and everything, but I want to yeah. be like looking at the water. Yes. I, I a hundred percent agree. I think like, that's my, like the hottest trend right now for me that I hear is anything but the sand. Like, <laughs> and, and it's like, I think like I hear that so much um, because it's like, obviously you think of a destination wedding, you think of, you know, the, the couple sitting there in the, in the, in the sand. But, and I, I think it's important to know that a lot of people do not want that anymore. And resorts are really catering to that. They, they're having more and more locations that are actually off of the beach with either the rooftop or even like they can put like a platform on the beach if you wanted Mm -hmm. it, if you want to. There is some really cool locations where like, and going kind of back to the fives, I I do love that resort. It's a, it's, it's a gem of a property. They have a location that you can, you're like in a private garden, it's off to the side, but yet the beach is fully, like you can see it behind you. So you Mm -hmm. get the best of both worlds. Like you're not in, you're, you, you're like on the beach, but yes, yet you're private. And then you also have like the jungle behind or like the garden and the tropicals and the shrubs and the beautiful flowers behind you. So um, there's, oh, there's such really great um, venues that are quite different that are out there. And I love the way that the resorts are becoming a little bit more um, creative with it and, yeah. and find that unique, like this, you know, like you look at, what do you think of when you think of Dreams Riviera Cancun, the that archway? Like that's um, on the beach. It's so unique to that property. Yeah. So it's super cool. Yeah. Or um, Secrets Akumal, like the the big overarching. I don't even know what we. Yes, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Where it's like it's the roof. It's um, it's a roof line. It's an arch. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. Oh yes. Yeah. The Hyatt. Um. So uh, the Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun has something extremely similar to that. Mm -hmm. Um. And we were there the other day, and we were like, oh man, it'd be so cool. Like it actually, like we envisioned it as a wedding location because it's like almost like you're in like the water, and we could just picture like people like. Um, after you have your wedding, like just, you know, how people like love to trash the dress and like just jumping in the pool. It'd be such oh a my gosh. experience. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can like, I mean, you can make all of that like happen. It, it's so, it's so fun with what the resorts are doing with their wedding venues right now. I, I love it. Yeah. I would have to say like my favorite one is probably the one at the fives with the, 
like people, some people call it like the the spider or, but I call mm -hmm. it the diamond because I think it's a little bit more applicable to weddings, but it, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the yes. gold diamond. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah, it really um, is. Yeah. But yeah, it's super cool. But it's, it is a, such a great point that you brought up about um, picking the resort for the venues for sure. Yeah. Okay. Just two more factors here, I think. And then that would be, probably wrap up this episode just on helping narrow down the resort. Okay. So the next is food and beverage. And the reason why I put this on here is because a lot of the times when we're talking to couples to start, they're like, I want a resort that has really good food. And we've talked about this a lot within the team and how subjective that is because yes. everybody's like really good food means something totally different. <laughs> and I think it's important to talk about too, because Sometimes if you're set on a resort or you love the location, the wedding locations, the budget, everything, you know, if they've got good incentives, how much do you really want to be focusing on that food part or yeah. how much do you really want it to matter to you and all your guests, right? Because good point, yeah. I think there's definitely resorts that have better food than others if we're going to be yeah. honest, right? <laughs> and I think the more budget friendly, yeah, the less the lesser quality i guess you could say but that's not yeah. always a bad it's not i'm not saying that it's bad food right but if, yeah. like you were kind of alluding to earlier if you want like the five-star luxury you're gonna see that in the food as well if you want yeah. you know more of a family-friendly relaxed party vibes you you might not get as good of quality food but again it's all subjective and you could you could get there and be like wow this food is great because you have different standards than somebody else. So I think exactly. it's an important factor when you're yep. talking to an agent, when you say you want good food, like, what does that really mean? Are you saying like, I want to sit down and have a five, you know, five course meal every night? Or are you just saying like, I don't want hot dogs and cheeseburgers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, man, that's such a great point. I love the fact that you're talking about this. And we, I think at one point we had asked like all of our agents that we talked to, like, what's your favorite resort for food? And you literally got a different answer for every single one of them. We like someone's favorite place, like Unico, like some people like love Unico's food. I personally do not. Um, wow. some people, yeah. Like some people like dreams. I love dreams, dreams um, and secrets food. Some people do not. It's, it is so subjective. The other thing too, is like, you can go to one restaurant one day and you know, like it, it's all oh, like you fall in love with the food and the next day you have something different and you may not like it as much. Mm, so every day yeah. is different. Not, not to mention every resort being so different from each other, but one huge topic that you did hit on is I do think like, generally speaking, the more stars the resort has. And of course that goes with the price the better food quality you are going to have. And, and some people don't mind going to the buffet every single day or, um, you know, going to a resort and like, you know, it's more about, you know, like you just want your people to be there regardless of what kind of food is getting served there. But some people like, you know, it goes back to the hotspot. You want like good food at a good price. And if mm -hmm. you start going below that, you know, price range, um, or, or that, that hotspot of, of resorts. Yeah. Your food, you know, like your food is going to not be as good. So setting up that expectations that, you know, and you're prepared for that and you're okay with that, then, you know, then that's perfectly okay. I just think that you need to kind of like be aware of that. Right. And I think resorts that some people would consider maybe not as good of food 
are actually really important for some groups. Like for example, if you have a bunch of teenagers in your wedding group, like they're gonna need to eat all the time. They're gonna need to go to the buffet and like get cheeseburgers by the by the pool or you know tacos or whatever. Yeah. And there's gonna be groups that you know they're not gonna want to sit down and have like a three hour dinner and right. go through like all exactly. those courses and everything. So I think a lot of people have this like misnomer of like if if it's a good resort it has to be this like super high class dining experience as well but if you really think about the group that you're bringing along sometimes that's not really going to be the best option for them so just another factor to consider absolutely yeah and i think like one of my favorite resorts to like recommend is the ones that have like a like a variety of that and that's why mm -hmm. Is very popular is because they'll have like the Coco Cafe where you can just grab like a little bit of a snack. They have, you know, like the uh, Barefoot Grill where you can like go and as you're swimming, literally grab a hamburger, which is perfect for like teenagers or anybody for that matter. Um, but also, if you want to like get dressed up at night, you know, they have um, their French restaurant or their Italian restaurant where you can go do that. So it's a huge selection of, of all of those combined. And you also have like all the flavors, uh, like the variety, you know, with the Asian. Mm -hmm. Obviously, your Mexican restaurant, French, Italian, um, you know, Thai, you name it, they generally have it, which is super cool. I, I, I love resorts that, um, you know, have a good variety. And I think like with that, like the larger the resort, the more variety of food you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you take like El Dorado Royale, where if you, you know, it's being the three resorts in one generations, El Dorado Royale and um, Casitas you have like 19 restaurants, yeah. it's insane. Like you, 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 if you were like craving that kind of food, don't worry, they'll have it, you know, kind <laughs> of thing. So, um, you know, but like, if you're talking to me, you know, and everybody is different, like I, I look at it, like we, I go to resorts all the time. And like, I am so sick of eating at <laughs> going out to eat. Like I, I just give me something like that's quick. Like I don't, you know, I don't need to sit down. I'd rather like obviously wander around the resort than <laughs> sit there for three hours and, um, and eat something, you know? So everybody is so different in, in what's important to, to you. You just have to consider, you know, consider that and what what you kind of envision going back to envisioning what you want your experience to be do you want it to be that luxury um you know food all the time or do you want it available like you know if you're in jamaica like to have like they have the jerk chicken trucks like all over the place mm. so fun and so good and so like about their about their food culture you know like just just different experiences like that is what are you actually envisioning and yeah yep such so. a good point um okay last factor which I think um, there's different opinions on it is reading reviews and recommendations for resorts prior to, you know, when, when trying to determine where to go. I think one thing that can be very beneficial is like those giant Facebook groups out there where a lot of brides will now be posting like their post-wedding review of the yeah. resort um, right. because it's like a live view of not only the quality of the resort, like outside of just an average guest staying there, but like the actual wedding experience and how the resort handled, you know, how was your on-site coordinator? How was the weddings department? How did they set everything up for you? Um, I think can be really beneficial, but to kind of play devil's advocate on myself, sometimes they can be tricky as well. Meaning yep. like if a bride had a bad experience, take it with a grain of salt and kind of really try to figure out what exactly 
the situation was, you know, if they're, if they're talking about, like you said, like, oh, the food just wasn't as good as we thought, you know, I think reading reviews can be really beneficial to just get an overall idea of the resort, but they can also be confusing because you can see a lot of misinformation on Facebook as well, or yes, something happened that you don't know about. And that's why they're leaving a bad review, right? Yes. Yes. I think it's about trends. I think if you're seeing like a trend that the food at this resort is terrible, um, then maybe like that's a red flag. Or if you've seen a trend, like um, the wedding department is amazing, then, you know, that's definitely mm -hmm. like, okay, this is a great um, group. I think you have to, you, you can't just necessarily look at one person's review and, right. and, you know, and the other thing too, that you hit on was the fact like the, on those Facebook groups, which it like, I highly, highly recommend couples getting on Facebook groups because they're so informative but they give the reviews of like the whole experience, like the wedding experience and the resort experience, whether you're looking like, so if you looking at like TripAdvisor, which is, is a fantastic re resource for a lot of information, but you're looking at the review as like somebody going there for like a vacation or a honeymoon, not necessarily a group experience, which mm -hmm. is a, it is a different dynamic. So in that point with the wedding reviews, I think that's super important. Um, so in with the whole misinformation, yeah, we see that a lot, right? We'll be <laughs> like, oh, we heard like, this is changing, this is changing. And, um, you know, that's why it's really important to have a travel agent because we get the firsthand first information. Um, and if we're seeing like something, if like anybody, if a couple or I have a guest that's asking me like, oh, I heard this, you, you wouldn't believe the stuff that we hear, like, you, you know, just just anything and everything like, you, you know, I, I'm trying to think of something right now. I mean, the, the latest that I had about somebody going to Dominican Republic, I swear they were like, we have to give our firstborn son. I heard on, on TikTok or something like, you know, it's like, Oh, yeah, like, well, go ahead. There was also, there was also that one, I think we talked about it as well in Facebook about uh, somebody going on and complaining about a specific resort, canceling her wedding. Yeah. And everyone was like, what are you talking? You know, she right. freaked a lot of people out because a lot of people are getting married at this resort. And it turns yeah. out it was because she never actually booked the wedding through this resort. <laughs> <laughs> so the wedding wasn't canceled. It was never scheduled. Oh, my. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> kind of important factor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. I think you're your fault you get like that is one of the biggest things that we hear like or couples be like you know they never set the contract and like the the rates were given up or they went higher from what they were mm -hmm. um quoted a year ago and it's like well yeah like things change unless you are signing that contract absolutely things are going to be able to change but yeah they're putting they're putting it out there as like you know this happened to me so everybody beware and every and like and then all of a sudden they're like wait what happened what happened and and people are like are on edge and, and so forth but yeah get you know get your travel agent involved and ask questions because um and, and if you see like reviews take like you said take it as a grain a grain of salt if you're seeing a trend then get your travel agent mm -hmm. involved and find out like what is what is going on you know you don't you never know um, i think like one of the things that i remember with the no smoking policy that happened in mexico um they started that what in january of t this mm -hmm. year and um, I found out from a groom actually, he's like, well, did you know? Cause it obviously like something happened with social media or whatever, like leaked out. And he's like, did you know that they were stopping smoking? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm the one that enforced that law. You know, like I called the president of Mexico and said that, but you know, it's like, 
you know, we, we can't control things like what things are happening, but you know, in that situation, it, it was true and we can check it out and find out, you know, like, well, they're going to provide a solution to this. You know, they've got the smoking sections, you know, at the resort for you, you know, you can, so we can actually like, you know, we find out we were, we're able to find like that insider information. Like what are, what are you doing to like, you know, resolve obviously issues that you know that come up and so forth so yeah and i think another point with the reviews is if you are confused as to you know if you're if you're looking at a resort that doesn't seem to have a lot of noise around it sometimes mm -hmm. there's a specific reason for that whether it's because it's just not a high quality resort or because there's just some resorts that really don't cater to destination weddings yeah. and it's the yeah. resort could be perfectly fine for just a vacation or like you said like a honeymoon they just don't really do wedding groups so if you're like set on this resort because you just loved how it looked and everything and then you go to these facebook groups and it's radio silence you can't really find anything on it it's usually for a pretty good reason. Yes, that is a very, very good point. Yeah, um, I can think of a couple of different resorts that are great, great properties for vacation. And we, you know, we may sell honeymoons on them, but like the weddings department, like it, it's not, it, it isn't, it's not great for weddings or, um, you know, just for various different reasons, but you, you definitely hit on a great point. I think like going back to the review thing too, I just kind of want to add is what I stress to bride and grooms is, you know, you sometimes have to tune out other people's opinions because when you're planning a group event like this, you're going to have your aunt, you're going to have your mom, you're going to have your mm -hmm. best friend, your cousin, everybody's going to chime in into what, you know, their experience. And yes, you want them to come along. You, you want to like, you know, give them, you know, listen to them, but always keep in mind that this is your wedding and, you know, make sure that you follow your dream and not everybody else's dreams. Um, and make sure like when you're listening to those reviews, like how important is what they're saying affecting you know, your choice in the resort, you know, so like, just like, just think about it as sometimes you do have to tune it out and think of like, you know, I'm not saying like be hundred percent selfish. You're always going to be thinking of others, but you know, you do have to kind of be a little bit um, selfish to know, like, if you want your dream wedding to happen, then you have to, you know, follow what that dream is too. That's such a good point. Yeah. Because I think a lot of couples get concerned, you know, they're, they're having their guests come and travel and spend money and everything. So they yeah. feel a certain level of responsibility in yeah. catering to everybody. And so if you do have like multiple people being like, well, what about this? You know, I saw, I read this on Facebook and I don't think it's good. You know, you really have to trust your agent, I think is a big thing. Yep. And um, like you said, just go with your, your heart and what you and your fiance like really want out of your wedding because at the end of the day it is your wedding nobody else's um yeah. i get i like 100 percent agree that it's nice to accommodate for your guests but to a certain level right yes exactly yep exactly i i think you, you do and, and you because you will have a lot of opinionated people like you know it, when you have like your family that's you know all involved and one of the common things and i don't know if this is like I think it's funny to me is like people choose a destination wedding because they want to avoid all of that. You know, <laughs> right. they, like, they leave the people that have all the opinions at home. Like, <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to go like, and you're, you know, you're like excited and you want to support me, like, yes, you're going to come to the wedding, but like, and I, I, I don't want to say it like this, but like leave all the crazies behind, you know, right. and <laughs> that's kind of about, that's, that's kind of a factor in, in yeah. the destination wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, I think this was a really good part one. Gosh, I think we just went over so much that is going I know. to so many people. I just want to like turn this into like a million TikToks and like Instagram <laughs> reels just so people know like what we're talking about here because I think it's just going to add so much. Um, oh, it's so fun. I know. <laughs> I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I really appreciate that. And it means a lot. So just to recap, part two is going to be a deep dive into resort knowledge. So if you aren't sure where to start with choosing a resort because you aren't familiar really with any of them or you've heard of a couple, but you want to know about more, uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for the next episode as well. Thank you again to Dawn for joining me and we will see you guys in the next episode.